0: I'm Carrie Adams, and you're listening to Carrie's Connoisseurs, coming to you from Solid Gold Podcasts. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, and all the people who make it happen in the liquor and luxury industries from around the world. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Carrie's Connoisseurs for today. I have got somebody who is close to my heart, love him, known him for many, many years, and we've walked a long road together in all kinds of journeys, Sam Shaloa. Thank you for joining me on on Carrie's Connoisseurs. How are you?
1: I'm very well, Carrie, and how are you doing?
0: All good, and I caught Sam in his home province of Limpopo, and the reason that I caught him there is because last week, uh, Shannon and I were very kindly invited to an Epicurean function at the Saxon Hotel, which Sam will tell you more about. And it was a celebration of, Sam, was it 25 years or 20 years? 21 years. How old? 20
1: years that? of an Epicurean.
0: 20 years of Epicurean. And we tasted some extraordinary wines, which we're going to get on to talking to you about. But in the meantime, uh, well, not in the meantime, before we do that, I want you to know a little bit about the man, Sam, who I love and adore. Um, and Sam and another friend of his, old friend of his, also an old friend of mine, and a few others got together a couple of years ago and decided that they wanted to make a wine, which is what Epicurean is. And Epicurean, of course, was a, an interesting choice of name, because as far as I know, um, Epicurus's ethics is a form of sort of hedonism, really. But we'll get on to that in a minute. Sam, so the man in born in Ulyfants in Limpopo Province, we all knew him as a trailblazing pr- uh, premier of Gauteng. For a couple of years, he also. Um, I think Ran was a very, very instrumental part of the trade union movement in South Africa. He was one of the founder members of COPE, political party. He doesn't really need an introduction, but he is a gorgeous man with a a personality and and a, a presence about him that everybody needs to know about. So Sam, that's enough from me you can go, just start wherever you want to start and keep making as much reference to Epicurean and how you came from trade unionist to capitalist par excellence.
1: <laughs> I don't know about the capitalist par excellence, <laughs> but uh, just to say that, uh, I mean, of course, uh, I grew up uh, in this rural part of Limpopo. Uh, and then around 1979, went to Johannesburg, sought some work, found some, was in the trade union movement uh, in different positions. And between 1991 to 93, I was the deputy general secretary, 1993 to 1999, I was the general secretary of COSATU. And between 1999 and 2008, October, uh, I was the premier of how uh, of to but in the meantime, with some friends, you know, we thought, you know, there's an opportunity uh, that arose for us to start a, a wine uh, production, a wine label. And of course, we were then able to sit down with Johan Rupert uh, for the Rupert uh, stables, which had really been very kind to us. Yes. And we started producing a wine that we then called um, Epicurean, uh, the first uh, vintage being in 2003. And we were really going on nicely with a red, <laughs> but every time we came across some friends, who also like a uh, white wine, they would say to us, when are you going to do an Epicurean white? We said when we were ready. And in 2018, having gotten a good parcel of, uh, of grapes, land, we thought now this will also give us what we like about an Epicurean. So from 2018, we have also been producing a Epicurean white, if you like but it's a Chardonnay, whereas the other one is what is colloquially known as a water
0: Well, I don't know if you saw, but I posted a thing on social media, which I don't do particularly often, actually, because I'm not very really good at it, and I like speaking to people rather than putting stuff on social media. But I was so taken by the 2018 Epicurean Chardonnay in Magnum that you served at that function last week that I actually did post it as being my new death row wine. Um, if I'm if I'm about to be executed, that's the one that I would like to drink before my execution. It's delicious, Sam, it really, really, really. So with the advent of Skulk Willem leaving Rupert and Rothschild, who is making your wine at this stage of the game?
1: Yeah, let, let me just start by saying that, uh, you know, uh at uh, Rupert and Rothschild, the agreement we have is firstly for use of their uh, facilities mm. and secondly they are they are their are winemaker uh and all the staff that is really in the um, in the vinification part thereof. Mm. So in the cellar. Mm-hmm. So we have been working with uh, with Skalk, but um I think five years before Skalk left more Yvonne was uh, Yvonne Lester was more was more involved mm. in that part of the um, of the epicurean, and they now have a, a new uh, wine master, colloquially just known as um, you know a JC, uh, who has really been making the wine and and and, and again, just like Skalk is never imposing. He knows what he's doing. Mm. We make our input in terms of what grapes we want, Uh, how do we maintain the style of Epicurean that we want, because there are too many red wines, commonly known as Bordeaux blend, Mm. because they use some of the, as you would know, some of the various varietals that are found in. Bordeaux. In Bordeaux, mm. but but you find that some of them, some are not consistent year to year. Our Epicurean is consistent year to year, save for a year variation because climate, you know, will always, uh, uh, you know, make those things uh, yes. different.
0: Well so we they've all, really yeah. been
1: very good at that level yeah
0: we all unfortunately have to bow down to Mother Earth and the geographical and the climate sort of climatic conditions that govern the the quality of every vintage, but the thing that I loved um last week, and as I say, it's been a long journey with with very good friends. And friends, we've, we've shared lots of wine together. We've drunk lots of wines together. You and me and Motley and Baba and Wendy and, and, um, Oh my gosh. I keep on forgetting who was your shareholder. Who was Ronald? Ron Galt. And of course, Moss.
1: Yeah, Ron Galt. And yes. Chalet so and we've we had, Moss, so Ron, Moss I think,
0: I think Ronald's gone back to America. Or is he still here?
1: No, no, he's gone back to the US.
0: Has he? And of course, our Mossy Moss spends yes. most of his life playing golf in Florida, doesn't he?
1: At face value, yes. <laughs> but he is, uh, he he's is such about. a
0: politician. I, I, Just I, say I yes.
1: Think, no, no, no. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> that's really the beauty about the Epicurean, that we make time that is needed onto the Epicurean. Mm. But really, none of us spend all our time at uh, On Epicurean. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, almost all of us are always um, uh, uh, traveling, you know. Mm. Uh, so I could be in Lipopo. Next week, I would be in Cape Town. The other time, I would be in London for jazz. Moss uh, is around the country now. When we were at the, lo- at, the, at the celebration, he was in uh, in Cape Town, but in the country, but he would be going to the Ryder Cup uh, as well. Yes, but we all say, we all say let's make time. Firstly, uh, as soon as the harvest have taken place, to be able to come in and say, what is it that we have on the Chardonnay and on the on the red, on the various varietals, which ones are really that good that they will be able to give us a base of what we want and therefore decide on the rest of the combination. So that's one. Secondly, later, we'll come in again to be able to say, let's check what we thought it would be at the time of harvest. Is it still the same, you know? How is it going? You know, uh, most of it will be in the barrels by then. You know, you you, you try and get a sense of is it getting more balanced, mm. more integrated mm. while in there, and then obviously once it's bottled, it's out of your it's out of your hands. You, know? yes. you just have to ensure that it's is kept properly, yes. which is why, um, incidentally, we try and release. I Epicurean Red, uh, five to seven years from uh, the year of, uh, of, of vintage. Mm. Be- I was yeah, going to speak of to you about because, that.
0: It's very interesting. It's one of the yeah, few wines in the country where you can be assured of being able to find older vintages, back vintages, if you, yeah. if you prefer older wine. Um, It's a good thing, but that's because you're all all rich and you can afford to sit on your assets and not have to sell them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody
0: has their privilege.
1: Not all all rich, (laughs) but, you know, allowing it to be able to, you know, what is called wash its face. Yes. Obviously, you know, if we really had to do it ourselves with all the various overheads and so forth you know owning a farm and so forth and not doing it the way that they do in burgundy and 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 bordeaux you Mm. know which is where you have negotiation negotiations and all of that yeah then at that point you you worry more about look i can't be carrying so much magnums, because if i carry so much magnums i'm carrying so much uh, stock and assets But if I were to sell them, this is where I would be. Mm. In our situation, we're able to say, um, you know, Epicureans, and meaning all those who consume the Epicurean wine, Mm. must also be able to have a sense that even though I don't have a wine cellar, but Epicurean winemakers will try and sell it for me so yes. that by the time I get, even if it's a latest vintage, it is five to seven years later, and therefore I too can enjoy, a you know, an older or older or older wine. Yes,
0: no, it's a wonderful sentiment, and I think it's 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 a legacy that all of you will will leave behind you, as being one of the one of the few producers who have actually done that. So, Sam, going back to the actual wine, which I honestly think has earned its stripes. It has a pedigree, but what you've managed to do that struck me when I was tasting those, those various vintages that you had for tasting last week is that the wine has somehow encapsulates the character of all of you. And I say all of you. I mean, there's this sort of, elegance of Baba, Mutli's wife, there's the gentility of Wendy, your wife, there's the the playful pedigree of Sam, there's the quiet, understated quality of Mutli himself. You know, it's just got so many layers of the people who are its forefathers and it's a difficult thing to keep that going. How do you, how do you ensure that same stamp and signature every year when you don't make the wine?
1: Well, the I, I, I think uh, it's a very uh, uh, good question. I think first, right at the at the at the onset. It's important to decide what kind of wine do you want mm. um you know you may decide, look, we want what is known as new style wine wine which you know is big and bold one which I really don't mind whether it ages well or doesn't Mm. because most of it will be consumed within the 24 months to five years of uh, its release. Mm. Or you decide that, look, wine must be about uh, elegance, Mm. must be about style, must be about longevity must be one in which 20 years later one can go into a the 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 library Mm. and pull out a 2003 and say you know yes here she is wrinkled grayed (laughs) hair but you know you can tell she was a stunner in her years in the same way that when you look at your 2014 2015 mm. you are be, you are able to say damn this is really looking stunning mm. so it it it, it wants you to invest in that secondly it requires that kind of relationship with um with the seller master mm. and thirdly in an area in which it's about three or four partners it's important that you don't get used to your epicurean yes because you can develop what i mean you you, you guys in the trade call uh, um you know seller palette mm. in which you really you don't realize anymore whether you're doing good or bad because you just think look epicurean is always good so it's important that you always try and say, okay, how do the guys in um, in Burgundy mm. get it right, you know, that their wines can be aging? And it's primarily because even though there are many grapes we can get, we always try and go back to the same grapes that have given us something good. Yes. So if you look, you'll find that, you know, from right at the beginning they've always been a wine from uh from annandale you know i mean Mm. annandale they've always been so you want to try and keep those so you don't find today a you know say a mellow you say this mellow is great but you know next year i'm going to another farm Mm. you try and, and 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 say what, um, you know, the farm will say is that, look, for us, Don, this is the kind of production that we get mm. pruned to this perfection. Every year we will come back for this one. Yeah, I think it's that's consistency, really
0: it is. isn't it? It's consistency. It's like anything in life.
1: Yes,
0: Consistency really does yeah, breed a, a superior product um, in humans as well. Yes. You know, if you're consistent with your children they turn out to be nice. If you're consistent with everything, it, it gets to know how it needs to perform. Yeah. So it definitely did perform. Yeah,
1: so that's really more the, the idea. Mm.
0: I guess, Sam, know? we tasted the 2003, which was still honestly tasting as fresh as a daisy, quite frankly, which is unusual in South Africa, where we do produce nice wine, but not many of them stand the test of time. It is standing the test of time. I think I think, again, that comes out of the consistency, but if you consider that 2003 was your first vintage, you obviously gave an instruction in that R&R cellar as to what you wanted, and you've stuck to your guns. Talking about the R&R cellar, tell us a little bit about the beginnings of the story of Epicurean, and let's raise a glass to Mr. Rupert, who really did give you... A chance to, I mean, how brilliant that you know the four of you got together with a little idea in your head, and you were you were able to access one of the oldest wine brains in the country because uh, uh, Johan Rupert's father was obviously very very instrumental in setting up a wine industry in South Africa. It's a fabulous success story that has also stood the test of time. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know, it's one of those things in which uh, chance relationship plays a role. You know, we, we, we had a chat with uh, Dr, Dr. Rupert, uh, you know, Johan mm. and he said, look, I think we can really look for a partnership mm. around Le Marie." But then Anthony Antoine passed on, yes, and therefore you know that became part of the family estate, but more for Johannes' children and for and for, and for Hanalee. Yes, so it was out of bounds. Uh, Lamotte already belongs to, to Hanalee. Hanalee. Mm. Rupert and Rothschild is, is already in a in a relationship with a with 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 a Rothschild, you know. Yes. So, it seemed like look that was reaching a dead end, but you know through, you know, talking, chatting. Yes. Johan saying you guys talk a lot. You think you <laughs> can make a great wine? We say, well, of course we we can. <laughs> Why don't you make a, your facilities available and then we'll show you what we can do. Yes. And true to his word, he said that's fine. Um. Talk to Skalk and we went, we met with Skalk. Skalk says, well, that's fine. I'm here, but I need a brief, which is what we're talking about. Yes, What kind of wine do we yes. want? We yeah. said, look, preferably, but you can make a Lafitte in South Africa, but it's easy with Lafitte because they are the Rothschild that is a partner to to, to the Rupert. So they have a sense of that kind of wine. Yes, At that time, you remember they were they were also having a um, you know, one of the, the uh, consultants who was also coming from France. Yes. Um, you know, so they were working with them and all of that. So we could say, look, we don't want that kind of wine, but that's a kind of broader style of what we're looking for. Mm. You know we 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 we're not crazy about it has always to be this or that side of the bank we're more crazy about the fact that once we start with a particular style of wine can we be able to sustain it Mm. and i think uh, for me having you there having len Maseko, jenny cruz williams People who were there right at the beginning, you know, who were there Mm -hmm. at the release in 2006, meant that you are able to say, this is what we tried in 2006 as a 2003. Forget about that. But with the 2014, has it been able to carry that style, bearing in mind that... uh, the years are not the same. Yes. And I think for me, that has been that. And, and, and which is why we say, look, that they've, they've really been very good for us. What is also helpful working with the um with the Rothschild farm is that you know, I mean, they always innovating. Mm-hmm. So whereas before you had to decide, okay, guys, uh, we have to harvest by this particular period. Mm-hmm. Now you can harvest one portion of a bigger uh, section of the vines this week and say the other one is won't be ready for the next uh, mm. two weeks so you can really pinpoint it to a day a week a month and that really helps uh, helps a lot you know because yes we are into a situation where the climate you know you can never know with it so if it's not the fires it is heavy rains, late, or sometimes dry. I mean, you remember for like two years we had um, a drought in the uh, mm. in the Western Cape. Mm. Of course, you know the the drought is bad for grapes in general, but it's great for wines because it means that the vines get stressed, yeah, and most of them go down searching for water, mm. and then you get it. Some of the best uh, wines you can be able to produce, you know.
0: Yes, no, I do remember there was a there was a there was a paper put out by Yale, Harvard, or somebody about the hundred most successful people of all time, and there was only one single common denominator, and that was hardship. So hardship breeds yes. breeds brilliance and it's just the same with vines um and i think that that's another one yes. of your one of your big attributes is that you have always made sure that whether there was hardship or not you just work a little bit harder in the cellar you work a little bit harder at the blending you do whatever you have to do to ensure that continued um, quality of Epicurean, and it is coming through. It's shining through, loud and bright, and white and clear. That there is, if you want consistency, go to Epicurean. It's on its way to what I call our sort of first growth status in in South Africa, and and there are a lot of facets that no, make up the first much. growth. It's it's fabulous, Sam. You've really done an amazing job, and as I said, together with it, dragged a lot of people along with you. And we've all had fun watching Epicurean grow into, you know, from the sort of gawky baby, little adolescent, uncomfy, ungainly teenager. And it's now actually just becoming a very, very accomplished, there we call it a Gen X. I don't know, Gen Z? What are they? The Gen Z. So how can I tell (laughs) you? I hope it's not not too uh, politically
1: correct. No, 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 not so much. But no, no, thank you very much, Terry. But maybe just one last thing I would want to say. I think what we have also not been afraid of doing as Epicureans or proprietors mm. is from time to time to be able to bring people, you know, whether it's uh, uh, yourself, Michael Frison, talk to someone like bear's um, yes you know and say to them here is the wine what is your view about it mm. because you need other uh, critical voices yes. some of which n- none of them wish us bad they are not going to say you are on the right path when they think, look, no, it's you not know, going me, well. You I know? go
0: down in the history of time as being so brutal with winemakers. You know? wine. <laughs> if it's not you know? good, it's so simply really not nice, good. You know? yes.
1: So, yes, but we also felt that, look, yes, like you said, you know, uh, 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 Epicurus may be known more for hedonism, but in this instance for us, epicurus is really known for wanting us to be able to eat and drink with others for dining alone it's more like living the life Of a wolf or a lion. Well, I was going to say, what's wrong with hedonism? We love hedonism.
0: We should encourage it for everybody. It's so good. (laughs) Sam Shaloha, if you were going, if you were going to be taken to a desert island for the next two years to be on your own, what would you put in your suitcase? You've got one hour to pack.
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, do you mean as in? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just uh,
0: keep it clean. You know, keep it clean and tell me what would you put in your suitcase? No, no,
1: no, 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 <laughs> no, no, understand. no, no, no. No, 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 no. You're just gonna have, uh, you know, few clothes for for you to be able to to wear there. Have some good uh, swimwear. I think the rest, you know, you can always be able to get there. It may cost you a little bit more money. But you know, it's always better to live like people in that particular area than try to carry. I mean, it's like me thinking because I like the pub in Limpopo anymore, I might as well carry pub to I don't know <laughs> uh, some so island. You know, I would never do that. <laughs> I will say like I'll say, look, when I'm here, I'm going to find out. What is it that the people in the island of vatulele like the most, and then adjust in that area okay. if they have more sardines, I live on uh, sardines. So
0: you would travel light.
1: Always travel light. My wife always says we can't be packing some because when we travel, I I like to use trains, so you really can't be packing too much because yes. then. I, I'll have to be carrying a lot of luggage going from one train to the other. Nothing is better traveling in Europe because you just get into a train no, and no, then you no, are in gorgeous. the next counter, And but, for anybody know.
0: who doesn't know my beloved Sam Shiloa, he is no mm-hmm. tiny fairy. Sam, how tall are you? Six foot five, six foot, you're big, hey?
1: More or less, Yes.
0: And he's big. So to try and fold Sam into a little compartment in a train, not that I think you're in the in the sort of economy class <laughs> on the train, but you travel light. Would you take a bottle of wine?
1: Uh, not necessarily, depending on where you're going to. Because like I'm saying, what's the point? You may go there with one uh, bottle of wine. <laughs> if you're there, like you say, for two months, It's not going to last you that much, you know, so.
0: (laughs) I would take the telephone number. You got it wrong. You should have said, I'll take the telephone number of my wine merchant. I'll take Carrie's telephone number so that I can phone (laughs) her and ask her to send. (laughs) Sammy, (laughs) Sam, it's gorgeous talking to you. We'll
1: always find Sammy.
0: It was gorgeous talking to you. Thank you very much, Carrie. I'm so proud of you. I just think that you guys have really, really done an outstanding job of quietly producing one of the country's most beautiful wines. We'll talk some more. We'll taste some more. Um, I want to be part of that disciplinary team. That keeps you on track forever and ever for as long as i'm here and thank you very very thank much you very much my darling to all of you have a happy happy afternoon thanks for joining me i
1: will thank you when i'm scared bye